Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lake Mount Young Adults Podcast. We are the Young Adults Ministry of Lake Mount Worship Center, and we are on a mission to connect young adults to the life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. We meet every Monday night at 7 p.m., and we'd love to have you join us. You can find more information on our socials, but in the meantime, we hope you enjoy the message for this week. Hey guys, this is like the best peanut gallery right here in front row. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm back. Excited to hang with you guys tonight. We have a really fun night planned. We have two teams that headed out on mission this past week, and we're going to, a few people are going to testify about what God did in and through them, and just hear from myself and Pastor Craig, and then we are going to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come on you guys to be bold witnesses for Jesus. How does that sound? Are you ready? Get excited. All right, I'm going to invite Pastor Craig and Quentin, Annika, Alessio, if you're in the room, and Avery, is she here? I haven't seen Avery. There, there you guys are. You're hiding back there. That's awesome. Come on up. Yeah, come on, give them a hand. So I am, if you don't know me, I'm Pastor Becky. I'm the missions pastor here at Lake Mount. also run events, so... Yes, if you want to help on Sunday, please come and help. We would love that. Um, but here at Lake Mount, if you don't know, our mission step statement is connecting people to the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And we don't just do that on like every Sunday, every Monday kind of thing, but we look at that at a local and a global level. And so we know that God has mission on your lives, on our lives, and what it is to call people higher, to speak Jesus over them, to see them discover the destiny and the purpose God has for the life. And as you know, as you come through discipleship process and grow in your faith, you can't keep it to yourself, right? You got to do something with it. And so these guys stepped up this year and last year for some of them, um, and really went and loved some indigenous communities in Saskatchewan and Alberta. So I'm going to let, I'm actually going to get Avery and Alessio to go first, which I'm sure they're pretty excited about. So you guys can come closer. Everybody say hi, Alessio. Hi, Avery. So these guys were in Musquachis, right? This is a good, good name. Musquachis, Alberta, which is about an hour and a half south of Edmonton, maybe a little less. An hour, all right. Um, so they got to hang out with some kids doing a VBS for the week, and then they threw a big like community party on the Saturday, but really just got to see God move. So I just want you to tell us why you went, what you saw God do, and how it changed you. Sound good? You got two minutes. Okay. I have some. Oh, you got notes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. <laughs> you can, do you want me to hold the microphone? wanted to go um i wanted to go on this trip because i wanted to grow spiritually and i wanted to help others grow and to help others experience him and everything that has been poured into me through church i wanted to give back and pour into others and i thought it would be a great experience what did you see god do through you um he just really opened my eyes seeing like the lifestyle of Muscochis and like some of them like living in poverty and just 
there was a lot of use in the community of like drugs and um, alcohol especially so a lot of the kids came from broken families and just seeing them like so happy to be at the VBS coming from those families it was just really amazing to see yeah Um, I wanted to go because kind of for the same reasons after just learning so much, especially in the past year about God and just how he's transformed my life. I really felt, um, just a burden on my heart to go and share that with other people, especially kids. Like I love kids so much and I got the opportunity to work at the kids summer camp, um, here this summer. So, I was thrilled to just be able to go over and do the same thing to, and with the same thing with kids that really need it and don't really have the opportunity for it. And um, what I saw God do was just insane. It was, it's hard to summarize. Just seeing these kids so happy in a place where they would normally not feel safe. There were so many kids that, um, they didn't have a safe place. They didn't have safe people. And there was especially, like, there was one girl that I feel like just this small thing that she did just really opened my eyes as to what they're living in. And one of the last days of the VBS, we were handing out just toys and, and gifts and stuff to the kids, and they could kind of pick whatever they wanted. And out of everything, this girl picked a toothbrush. She could have picked any toy there, um, but she picked a necessity, and that just that broke my heart. And it was just such a reminder that we have so much here. And honestly, when it came time to go, I was like, no, I want to stay. I want to, <laughs> I want to keep doing this. But it was just, it was amazing to see the transition from Monday where they're like, I don't know who these people are. There's a lot of white people here. I don't know what to do. Um, to Friday um, in the block party where little kids were just coming up to me, begging me to stay. And that was just, that was amazing. Yeah, give a hand. Thank you, guys. It's amazing to know, like, you hear these stories and you think, this is other parts of the world, but this is Canada. This is the Canada we're living in, and so our nation needs Jesus just as much as anywhere else. All right, I'm going to invite Annika and Quentin, if you guys want to come and share. You were in Minnesticwin. This is your second time. You guys were there last year. Why don't you share a little bit about what happened? So the goal of our trip was a couple of things. First of all, that the kids would encounter the presence of Jesus, that they would be empowered to actually walk out the purposes of God on their lives, and that they would foster a really strong connection with each other. Um, and the, the theme for this week of camp was freedom and breakthrough, and we really saw that. And I just have two words, which is like mission accomplished, um, because there was just such a huge transformation in these kids. And going into it, we were praying that, um, that it wouldn't just be like a visitation of the Holy Spirit and a one-time encounter, but it would actually be like a lasting transformation. And that's what it was. And we really saw God both continuing the work that he began last year by ministering his healing and his love to the hearts of these kids, but also doing a new thing. Because we had, we had the opportunity to give each kid a Bible and actually teach them how to read it. So now they're going home knowing how to read the word and knowing God's promises and being able to hold on to them. And we're actually believing that because God thinks generationally these kids are going to be agents of change for the previous generations and the future generations. 
Um, so good. So we just wanted to thank you guys for praying and for all your support and just continue to pray that these kids actually walk in step with the spirit to continue to live out the freedom that God has brought to their hearts and to their lives. Um, yeah, God is doing something massive. So thank you so much for letting us be part of it. Wow. I should have gone first. Okay. Yeah. Something that really stuck out to me was um, Stu, Pastor Stu and Donna, the leaders who we were connecting with the whole time and preparing, and the ones that we were actually under there, um, were praying a lot for um, men of God to rise up in that community. And that's just something that, you know, we were praying into as well. So just throughout the week, we saw this, like this, this line going up. What's the, what is it called? Like, yeah. Anyway, we saw this line going up. These guys w- started not really caring too much, and they didn't really, they weren't too receptive, but uh, the guys that were there, we were the leaders there, so me, Nick, another guy named Marvin, Pastor Craig, we were staying in these cabins, you know, every night with these boys, and you could see the growth every single day. Started asking questions, started being a little bit more curious, and every morning we'd leave, the, leave we'd lead a devo, um, so we would just have all the, the boys sit, you know, on these benches and we would just teach them practical things first. So started with, you know, ha- learning how to open up the Bible. Because none, none of these kids really knew what the Bible, you know, what it had, how to read it, what it even was, right? So we taught them practical things like how to read it. And then we taught them, uh, sorry, how to open it, then how to read it and how to analyze it. And then the last day we were, we were just going over like questions that people might have. And people were really, you know, these students were really worried about, you know, looking bad if they were to ask. So we just handed out pieces of paper to ask, you know, or to just say, hey, if you had a question, just let us know. And they came with all of these different questions, like from things about how to treat their parents and how to, you know, things like sex, which is never really talked about there too much, right? And just, you know, how to treat girls and obviously the Bible, how to hear from God, all of these things. And it was like amazing just answering all these questions on, on the Friday night, the last day. They were just like eating it up, which was great. It was so good to see. And just throughout the week, you could just, you know, it was this curiosity was just building. So like what Annika was saying, we're praying that they just keep to it, keep learning how to read their word and just keep receiving. So that was just amazing. Thanks, guys, for sharing. Can you guys stretch your hands towards these guys? I just want to pray that the work that God started, he's going to finish, um, not just in in you guys, but in everything that was accomplished there. So, Father, we just thank you right now for obedient ones who answered the call and said, yes, I'll go. Jesus, and I ask that every seed that's planted would reap an incredible harvest, not just now, but in the generations to come, like Annika was saying. Father God, that this is a moment where we're going to see revival come to the indigenous communities of our nation, Lord God, to see hearts restored and people healed, walking the fullness and destiny that you have for them. And so, God, I just pray that the work you started, God, and these ones and the others that went on the team, God, that you would finish it and you would complete it, God. And we just trust them into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. You guys can head back to your seats. Why don't you give it up for Pastor Craig? He's going to come and share his heart and his passion. Amen. I tell you, it was such an incredible trip. You know, I was the oldest guy in the camp. Also the shortest. These guys were like giants. I was like, yo, man. 
but it's all good. I feel like a giant in the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I just want to say something. Um, I'm not here to testify. I'm here to share the word, but I didn't come to know the Lord till I was almost 30. And the truth is, I didn't think I'd even live to be 30. And being around these guys just kind of renewed my strength. You know, the Bible says that those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And waiting is not just sitting back. Waiting is sometimes you go to a restaurant. What's the guy doing? He's waiting. So you guys want your strength renewed. You know, wait on the Lord. You know, you can do both. You can wait and you can wait. You can serve at the same time. But yeah, it was such an incredible, such an incredible mission. And, you know, like, I'm looking at all these beautiful young people here. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm an old dude, right? But I tell you, one of the songs that we kept singing, there's no place I would rather be. I mean, that song is just going over and over and over in my head. And you guys are in a great place. You know, you got great leadership. And I tell you, if you were there with us and you guys were just flies on the wall watching your peers, these young adults minister, you would be like blown away. To the point where the pastor is there, the pastors that were there, their pastors came and say, we need to come to Lake Mont to see what's happening there. Because we want to bring back what we're seeing. Like what, a, what an incredible testament of what God is doing in this house. So you guys, you guys are in the right place. And you know, praise God for that, right? All right. So being old, I got to put on my shades, right? All right. <laughs> Amen. If you got your Bible, turn with me to the John, John chapter 14. All right. And verse 12, I'm just going to read it. Jesus is speaking and he says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I will do, he will do also says, and greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my Father's name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. You know, Jesus says, greater things you will do in his name. Do you guys believe that? I mean, like, seriously, man, like, God raised the dead. He healed the sick. He unstopped deaf ears. He did all those things. And he's saying greater things you will do in his name. That's a powerful thing, eh? I just, you know, just, just believe that in your heart. You know, um, Hebrews 11, I love, I'm not, I'm, it's not even in my words, right? But Hebrews 11, it starts off, and some people read it like a fairy tale. It says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I want you to read it like, now faith. When God brings somebody in your path and they're hurting and they need, they need the love of God. You need that now faith. Like right now in this moment. I'm not going to pray for you when I get home. I'm praying for you now. Amen? Now faith. That's what we need. Right? So there was um, a lawyer that came to Jesus. And he says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he thought, you know, we're going to talk about the Sabbath and all these other things. Jesus said to him, I'm reading in um, Matthew 22. He says, you shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Amen. How many here in the house tonight are believers? Can I see your hands? How many of you trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? How many of you love yourself? Keep your hands up. So if you love yourself, 
and you saw that there was a need for Jesus in your life, he says you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Does that not mean that you should see the need for Jesus in their life as well? Amen? Amen. So I'm just on the word here. We got, I got 20 minutes or else I'd be killing it, right? <laughs> but Jesus says you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I don't know if you guys know what my, my position in this house is. I'm, I'm the evangelism and outreach pastor. So my heart is to go after the lost. You know, Jesus says, if any man comes after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. You know, I always used to have a slogan, win the lost at any cost. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Amen? It means laying down your life for Jesus, right? So Jesus was, given, was talking in, in Matthew 25. I know I'm going a lot of words and words because I'm not big on opinions. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more of a guy staying on the word, the truth of God's word. You know, we have Remembrance Day coming up. When's the Remembrance Day? November, um, what? 11th. You know, um, we celebrate the soldiers that came back. But I tell you, if they didn't go with their word, with their, with their weapon, they'd be just tombstones marking their graves. We have to be in the word. We have to have the word. We have to stand on the truth of God's word. Jesus in the wilderness, when the, when the devil came to tempt him, he said, it is written. You can't remember what was written if you never read it. So I encourage you guys, get in the word. Right? So Jesus was talking. He says, I was hungry. You gave me food. I was thirsty. You gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then they were going on saying, so Lord, when, when did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you in prison? When did we see all these things? And Jesus says, inasmuch as you did to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. We have to have eyes to see the world around us. And yeah, it's great we can jump on an airplane and we can go overseas and Guatemala and other great places and tell people about the love of Jesus. And we can go to Miskachis and Ministiquan, right? Muscachis and Ministiquan and tell them about the love of Jesus. And it's awesome and we feel great and it's a great thing that we did. And we pray into that, that the great work that God's begun, he's going to be faithful to complete it. But right where we live here is a mission field. Every time you step out your front door, that's a mission field. Missions is not necessarily going somewhere else. It's right where you are. Amen? So pray that God will open your eyes to see what's going on around you and not just looking far ahead. You know, when, 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 when they were before they were baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, wait. Wait on the promise. And when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, I will give you power to be my witnesses. First in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and the other most part of the earth. Right where they were was where it started and then it worked its way out. Right? So Jesus was always looking to help people. He was always looking to, to serve people. He said, I did not come for the righteous but the unrighteous. I did not come for those who are whatever. I, I came for the lost, those who are lost. And that's what he wants us. He wants to have a, us to have a heart for the lost. You know, in um, Matthew chapter 9, the Bible says that Jesus went all about the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And compassion, that's a powerful word. It's not sympathy. But it's compassion. Because sympathy is just, I feel so bad for you. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Compassion says, 
I see what you're going through, and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to put my arms around you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to go and buy you something to eat. I'm going to do something to make a difference in your life so that you can see the love of God and so you can come to know the truth of his saving grace. We need to have compassion like Jesus. He says, greater things you're going to do in my name. So if Jesus had compassion, what should we have? Amen. So anybody here know the Ten Commandments? You guys know the Ten Commandments? Dominic, I hear you laughing. <laughs> we know all the commandments, right? Don't steal, don't murder, don't take the Lord's name in vain, honor your mother and your father, all those things. How many of you know that there's more than Ten Commandments? Everything that God says in his word is a commandment. Because in Timothy it says all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture. And it's profitable for teaching and rebuke and correction. You know, that we might be thoroughly equipped to do his work. So everything that God's word says to do, what are we supposed to do? Amen. Right? So my favorite, here we go. My favorite, one of my favorite passages of scripture. I say, I say this all the time. Every time I turn to a Bible verse, it's my favorite. Right? <laughs> God says don't murder. Don't steal. Don't do all these things. But one of my favorite ones, and this is, this is where I, my life stands on, one of my, my, my life. You guys have a verse that you just take and you just hold on to it. Like that's your anchor. That's the thing that motivates you. That's what pushes you to do what you do. My favorite one is Proverbs 3.27, and I'm going to read it to you. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. Don't say to your neighbor, go and come back tomorrow, and I'll give it to you when you have it with you now. Amen? So do not withhold good. Who is good? God is good. Right? And I see, I, I, you know, I'm, I hang out with guys my age mostly, but I'm, I was with these young people this week, man, and my, I feel like a kid again. Am I? Right? But I watch you guys. You guys, you guys would go and buy something at the store, and, and it tastes good. And you want the next person to taste and see how good it was, right? So you share it with that person. So when the God says, do not withhold good from those who do, who is you, you're going to say, come and, come and taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I've tasted something delicious, and I want you to experience it the same way that I experienced it. So he says, don't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. And who is the power that raised Christ from the dead? What is that power? The Apostle Paul, he wrote, that I may know you and the power of your resurrection. It's the Holy Spirit, right? So everyone here that names Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and surrendered your life to him, Holy Spirit has come and lived inside of you. So you have the power to give what is good, right? And to who is it due? To the brokenhearted, to the blind, to the deaf, to, to the, the ones that are, that are just being gripped by satanic forces, the ones that are in bondage. It's due to them. And God wants us as his ambassadors, as his children, because he says greater things you're going to do in my name. He wants us to set the captives free. And it is in the power of our hand to do so. It's in the power. It's, it's in us. So he says, don't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it's in the power of your hand to do so. Don't say you're to your neighbor, go and come back. And tomorrow I'll give it when you have it with you. You know, I've seen, I'm going off script. Sorry, Pastor Becky. 
When, when, I, when I got saved, man, I would preach to anything with a pulse. So I was a bus driver in Toronto for TTC. For 30 years, I did that. And they used to call me preacher, man, but they always making fun of me. They thought they were making fun of me. And I remember this guy, Herman, would always make fun of me. But one day he came to me and he says, hey, Craig, um, my wife is sick. Can you come and see her? And so I said, yeah, okay, no problem, Herman. This is at the beginning of the week. So I was planning when my shifts end on the Friday, I'd go to see her. Well, she died on the Wednesday. And so, you know, I was heartbroken and sorry, God, kind of thing. And when they were at the funeral home, I went to pay my respects. And I'm telling you, when I walked into that funeral home, Herman had his back to me because all of us, he was with other people that were consoling him. And I don't know who told him or what told him, but he turned around and he looked at me and he walked to me and he says, you had a chance to see her when she was alive and you missed it. He wasn't a believer. He was making fun of me, but he recognized the power of God that was in my life. And he believed in his heart that if I came and prayed for her, she'd still be alive. So don't say tomorrow when you have it with you today. Amen? Jesus, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, if you want to turn with me to that. I'm finishing up here because I want to honor the t- your time and Pastor Becky's time. But in Matthew 28, Jesus, after he rose from the dead and he came back to his disciples, final instructions, well, actually, his final instructions were found in the book of Acts. But final instructions that we find in Matthew 28, we call it the Great Commission. You guys have all been commissioned. Amen? And we talked about commandments. Here's another commandment. Go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. You guys come here. You guys are so blessed. You have the most incredible teachers in the world. You have Pastor Matt, Pastor Lisa, Pastor Becky, and everybody else that they trust to come and pour into your lives. And they have taught you things. And he's saying, teach them all the things that I've commanded you. Everything that has been poured out into you, you need to go into the world. And you need to regurgitated is that is that a good term (laughs) amen yeah i'm gonna finish up with um this last scripture and then i'm gonna talk to you guys about a couple things that's going on here in lake mount how you can get involved every believer in this house i did this on the week on the during the week and i it just came out of nowhere but i'm gonna ask you guys if you are trusting the lord jesus christ as your personal savior and you know it beyond a shadow of a doubt and you love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Stand to your feet. You see, there was a man named Paul, and he was a very religious man. Actually, his name was Saul. And then he had an encounter with Jesus, and God changed his life. You know, he was persecuting Christians. He was dragging them out, and, you know, some were even put to death. You guys heard about Stephen being stoned to death? Well, Paul was there consenting, and they threw their cloaks at his feet. Like, and he, he thought he was doing a great thing for God. But he was sincere, but he was sincerely, sincerely wrong. But God changed his heart. God changed his life. He changed his direction. He had a heart of repentance, and he turned in a different direction. And he became one of the greatest writers of the New Testament. But when he met with Jesus... And Jesus introduced himself to him. Jesus says, rise and stand to your feet, which you guys are doing now. So he's not speaking to Paul right now. He's speaking to every one of you in this room. Rise and stand to your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you 
a minister and witness both of the things which you have seen and the things which I will reveal, yet reveal to you. We sang tonight, spirit of wisdom, spirit of truth, spirit of revelation. God still wants to reveal things to you. Amen? I will deliver you, I'm going to say from the religious people. He says Jewish people here. And as well as from the world to whom I now send you. And here's the purpose. To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God has a purpose and a plan for each and every life in this room. He's commissioned you to go into the world and preach his gospel. To bring his truth to open up blind eyes, to open up prison doors, to unstop deaf ears, to heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty those that are bruised. He has called you to do that. Don't let anybody despise your youth. You might be young, but you're powerful, and you're strong, and you're mighty, and God has a purpose and a plan, and he wants you to say yes, because when you say yes, God can do anything that he chooses. Amen? Amen. So incredible ministries happening all around but here in Lake Mount Worship Center, we have a ministry called Outstretch Arms. <laughs> Amen. And if God is really speaking to you, and we're going to lay hands on you later and empower you guys. You know, the Holy Spirit's going to empower you. There's so many things that we do that you probably don't even know about. Anybody ever heard of Crossfire? Oh, you can sit down now. Sorry. <laughs> Moonwalk. <laughs> Crossfire Assembly is a church um, in the inner city in Hamilton, the west end of Hamilton. The first and third Wednesday of every month, we have a feed-in program where um, we, as a Lake Mount team, we go and we, we hand out groceries. We, we serve the people food and we sit and we minister to them. I've seen so much fruit out of it. And so if you guys are looking for something to do, that's an incredible ministry to get involved with. The first, um, this Saturday coming up. At the same Crossfire Church, we're doing a brunch where we're feeding people that are homeless, people that are living in seniors' homes that are lonely, people that have low income and don't know where the next meal is coming from. That's, those are incredible ways to serve. So if you are interested in that, reach out to me, reach out to Pastor Becky or whoever your leaders are, and we can make things like that happen, right? We have Migrant Worker Program. These guys come here eight months out of the year, right? And... They're away from family, from friends, and we just show love to them and we just meet their needs physically and, and spiritually. So there's other things that we can do. There's the Niagara Gleaners. But this one I'm most excited about because of young adults. Anybody see the new van? Yeah. yeah. Jacob did an amazing job. He designed it and it's completely wrapped. Have you guys seen it? The van and the trailer? It's so awesome. Not this Jacob. Jacob won. <laughs> So, one of my visions, what, what blesses my heart, and Pastor Matt and I have spoken about this, is getting people into the house, right? But young adults, I know there's a lot of Brock students, and there's a lot of Niagara College students, and so that van is at young adults' disposal to go and pick them up and bring them to the house. If you have a heart, maybe the microphone's not your thing, maybe... Going on the streets and ministering is not your thing, but we are all the hands and feet of Jesus and we are all many different members with different functions. If you like to drive and you got a heart to bring people into the house of the Lord, come and see me and we're going to make that work. All right? We want to fill this house up. 
Amen? We want to fill it up for Jesus. So we need drivers, right? Yeah, so there's so many things that God wants to do through each and every one of you. You guys are all ministers of the gospel. And, you know, it can be in any different way. But I'm just encouraging you. Like, you know what? Just, just get into it and hear from the Lord and say, God, what will you have me to do? And then just say yes and see what he will do with your life. Amen? All right. God bless y'all. Like Quentin said, I should have gone first, but that's all right. <laughs> Pastor Craig is so powerful. I hope that some of what's on him got on you as he was speaking tonight. And I would really encourage you, if you're looking to like get stretched for God to use you, that only happens when you kind of step outside your comfort zone and do things you've never done before. So coming alongside him in the ministry at Outstretched Arms is so powerful. All right, I'm going to go a little deeper and lay some groundwork. You guys okay for a few more minutes? Yes, and then we're going to pray. All right, so when Jesus looks on us, he isn't concerned about, you know, our social status, how much cash we have in the bank, any of that. He's always looking at the condition of our heart, right? He's always checking out where we are at with him. And he desires to be in relationship with all of us. Pastor Craig could win anyone if they just like get in his shadow. He could bring them to Jesus. Um, and Jesus just desires to be in relationship with us. The answer literally to humanity's problems is Jesus. Come on. So this means as we come into relationship with him, we have an assignment. I want you to say, I have an assignment. You guys heard the Great Commission. He, he read that already. But literally the Great Commission is Jesus' method and our calling. So it doesn't matter what vocation you're going into, what school you're going to attend, what your plans are for your life. We are called to the Great Commission so that wherever we go, we're winning people to Jesus. We're discipling them. We're teaching them to obey. Like these guys are teaching the kids to read the Bible, obey the Bible, understand what it says. So it beyond just like getting someone to church, right, it's the next step of discipleship. It's the next step of walking with them uh, as a friend. Injustice, poverty, and brokenness all find the roots in broken relationships that started way back in the Garden of Eden. Okay, so everything that's wrong with our world started way back when. And seeing broken relationships as the root of poverty changes everything. So we think of poverty as, you know, people who don't have, you know, enough clothes, enough food in the fridge, or struggling to get school supplies, or make ends meet, get gas, that kind of stuff. But poverty really begins with our heart condition. It begins in a spiritual place, not just in a physical place. So this means that our perspective has to change. We no longer see the poor as, you know, someone else, but we see that we're all poor, right? We all have this need. We all have this brokenness that needs to be met in relationship with Jesus. And poverty was never a part of God's plan. It was never a part of his plan. He wanted that relationship and that union to always be there. In Colossians 1, 15 to 20, it says, uh, he talks about the supremacy of Christ over creation and in redemption. And it says in verse 19 and 20, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So when we come to recognize that poverty, okay, it, at its root is a spiritual and a relational problem, hope and healing can ultimately come not from political or economic solutions. We can pray for a new prime minister all we want. We can pray, right, for uh, the economy to change or things to shift in our nation. 
but the hope and healing is only going to come when people open up their eyes and they have a revelation and an experience with the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and the good news that Jesus saves. That's the only thing that's going to heal our nation. That's the only thing that's going to bring healing to indigenous communities is experiencing that. Before Jesus was taken up into heaven, he says to his disciples, Pastor Craig said it already, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the Holy the Father promised. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this year, I know we're all contending for hearts on fire, right? We're calling on revival. We're praying for renewal, praying for the presence of God to be poured out. And as people begin to experience that, okay, as you and I begin to experience our hearts even coming alive again, the presence of Jesus Christ, it releases revival. It releases something in the atmosphere. We've been learning about this on Sundays with worship, right? Our worship shifts the atmosphere. It changes what's going on in the natural because it's supernatural. And people can't help but be witnesses of what they've seen and what they've experienced. They can't help but tell people about Jesus. I don't know if you've hung out with a new believer lately, but they're literally save all their friends or bring their friends to Jesus because they're like so excited about God, how God's moving in their life. There's a story in Acts 4. I'm just going to summarize it real quick, but I want you guys to read it tonight before you go to bed, okay? And it talks about Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. They're the religious guys. And Peter and John had just witnessed this crazy miracle, and Jesus had just healed someone. And all these people had gathered around Peter and John and was like, what happened? Like, what was going on? Tell us, tell us what what just happened there? Like, we don't understand this guy was crippled and now he's not. Like, what, what's going on there? And so Peter and John literally are just telling them what they saw and what happened, what they heard. And the Sanhedrin, these religious guys, get upset. They don't like what they're hearing. They don't like what they're seeing. They're feeling there's, like, contention in the air, right? And in verse 20, it says, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. So there was all of a sudden, because they'd become witnesses of something, because they had experienced the presence of God, they'd seen God change somebody's life, they couldn't hold it back from themselves. They had to tell everyone after uh, all about it. So then after that, they get thrown in prison because the religious guys are not happy about what's going on and the fact that other people are coming to know God and are experiencing the presence of God. And so after they get out of prison, they tell all their own people and cry out to the Lord about what's going on, about all the threats and all the persecution, all the hard stuff that's coming on them. And they ask, enable your servants to speak your word with boldness. Okay? So the place they were shaken, this is now Acts, was the place that they were in was shaken with the presence of God. So they were asking God in a moment of persecution, in a moment of like feeling like we're being trying to be intimidated. Somebody's trying to stop us from speaking the truth and telling about what we've seen and heard. The Holy Spirit comes and he shakes that place. They're all filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak the word boldly. Okay? So where does boldness come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit. Obviously, it takes our obedience, but it comes when we draw on the presence of God and we ask Holy Spirit to empower us. Empower us. When there's an awakening, it will always increase in missions and growth, as well as concern for those in poverty. And we're so blessed to have Pastor Craig now focus on evangelism and outreach and reaching the lost. It goes on in Acts 4 to talk about them now sharing their possessions with everyone so there was no one in need, right? And so this is what the church is supposed to look 
like? This is where redemption and healing comes to our nation because we stop living for ourselves and we start seeing the heart that God has for the people around us and coming alongside them. In 1 Thessalonians 1.5, it says, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power. And then in Acts 1.8, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. So our personal encounter, my personal encounter with the Holy Spirit matters, okay? It is necessary for me, for you to fulfill the Great Commission, to live out the assignment that God has on your life. And so going through the motions isn't going to cut it. We got to dig a little deeper and get on our knees and seek the face of the Lord. When we have this encounter with the Holy Spirit, it produces in us compassion, it produces in us love. It increases our faith. It gives us enabling grace and perseverance so that when those days are hard and we're like, I don't know if I can go drive the van and deliver sandwiches anymore, God says, I'm going to put my grace on you and enable you and give you the strength to keep going and keep preaching the word. The power of God is what makes us bolder in our witness and better equipped for what he's called us to do. And the power of the kingdom and a gospel that is proclaimed with signs following should be the normal, right? It should be the normal thing uh, rather than the exception, especially in this time of the history of the church because we're responsible for everything we've known. So everything we've seen and heard and read in the word, we're not responsible to carry that to the next generation. And so we can't just be like, uh, I think that happened way back when in the Old Testament. No, like that's for us to keep living out and pulling on who God, who God is. All right, you guys good? I'm almost done. All right. So people who are dealing with, say, mental health issues, broken relationships, um, maybe it's disease or chronic illness, maybe it's even demonic influence, like they're really oppressed, dealing with a lot of darkness. I know that in indigenous communities, they struggle a lot with witchcraft, right, and things that have been passed down generationally. Um, people who are experiencing natural disasters, any of those kinds of things, there's no Band-Aid you can put on that stuff to fix it right? There's no like easy solution that's going to solve those problems. The only thing that's going to help them is an encounter with the presence of God to understand that Jesus is their hope. Jesus is their salvation, that he's their source. Do you know that today there are over 8 billion people alive on the earth? That's a lot of people, 8 billion people. And it's only increasing, obviously. Um, religious freedom is not a given in many parts of the world. And I am like, so thankful every single day that we get to gather, right, on a Sunday, a Monday, wherever we are as a church and worship the Lord, that I have a Bible, that I get to pray to God freely and openly, that I can worship him without worry. But over 80% of the world's governments interfere with their citizens' religious worship in some way. And I would say that's only getting worse, right? Where they're starting to control. There's so much stuff happening in India right now. There's so much stuff happening in Pakistan right now. Where there's so much persecution coming against people um, who call themselves Christian. Although Christianity is the world's largest religion, it is no way immune from persecution. And in most cases, it means Christians cannot gather to worship or publicly express their faith or attempt to preach the gospel to lead others to adopt that faith. It also means that simply owning a Bible or talking about Christianity, even among family members, and the privacy of one's own home can result in imprisonment and death. We have some amazing missions partners here that we partner with at Lake Mount. The Bible League Canada is one of them. Voice of the Martyrs is another one of them. And they come alongside local leaders in these restricted area nations to empower them and to equip them, to encourage them so they can persevere through the obstacles and persecution. So again, this is not just a majority world problem. It's happening right here in our own nation. Okay, and people need to hear about Jesus and not be afraid to express 
their relationship with the Lord. So how is the gospel? How is the gospel to reach those who need to hear? We know this only if you and I answer the call to go. Okay? That's the only way. I'm not saying you have to be called to full-time missions work. When I was growing up, I had an aunt. Her name was Martha. And she was a missionary in Africa. And she was a short little lady. And I thought she was the weirdest thing ever. (laughs) She would come home on furlough to visit us. And I was like, Jesus, please don't make me a missionary. I literally would pray that. And I'm the missions pastor. So be careful what you pray. Um, but my idea and my concept of what it meant to be a missionary, right, was only that you go to Africa and you feed people and she was a nurse, whatever that looks like. But this literally is our mission field and the harvest is ripe, right? And so we need to be the ones who go and obey what God has for us. God moves with intention toward, toward what is in the very core of his heart, and that is redemption and restoration. Those are the things he's always working towards. When we personally experience an outpouring of God's power, in our hearts. We align with what's on his and moves us to action. So you can't just sit here and not do anything, right? You guys have to move into action. One of the things I do on Monday night, Christina and Emma often come with me, is we go to Shifra Homes in Burlington for a couple hours and we hang out with some moms who are homeless, who would be homeless otherwise, but have babies and they're anywhere from 17 to 26 and we just talk to them about Jesus and we build relationship and we love on them and that's an amazing mission field where hearts are hungry and ready to hear about the word of God and so there's tons of opportunities to get plugged in you just got to ask God like what what is what is stirring in my heart what am I passionate about what can I come alongside as our passion is ignited, our hearing is improved and we'll experience a stronger conviction to do the will of God and a desire to reach the unreached. When God captures your heart, when he captures a person's heart, it redirects their entire life. Would you say that's true of you? When God captured your heart or redirected the course of your life, right? All right. History reveals that this is how men and women have, cons- have been consumed to reach a people in a place they've never been. God moves on a person's heart and they become ignited with a passion for a people in a foreign land they've never seen. Pastor Matt was just in Ecuador and he was ministering to a tribe way back in the Amazon jungle who years and years ago, there had been a missionary who tried to reach them and they, they actually killed that missionary. Yet Pastor Matt standing there in 2023 is preaching to these people because of that man sacrificing his life and, and saying, I'm going to go and make a way, right, for them to know Jesus. The world tells us to ask for the, na- the word tells us, sorry, to ask for the nations because they are Jesus' inheritance as the son of God. And so we want to ask for the nation of Canada. We want to ask for the region of Niagara. We want to ask for all the world to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we have to confess that more has not been done because we have not necessarily been willing to do it, right? And it's our availability, not our ability that God is interested in. So it's easy to give someone a sandwich, we can, we can help you with that. Give people sandwiches. But if you go with Craig, you're going to know he's not just handing out sandwiches. Okay? He is preaching the gospel and he's loving every single person. And his team does a phenomenal job at doing that. When they go downtown Hamilton, they're ministering to the hearts and the needs, not just physical stuff of the people that they meet with. So Jesus hasn't changed his mind about his mission. We must all work together to bring restoration to those around us. So how will they know unless someone tells, tells them? Sound good? Are you guys ready to tell them? Yes. Okay, I'm going to get you to stand to your feet. I'm going to ask everybody that was on the missions teams, the past two missions teams, you guys want to come to the front.
And I don't know if you guys have ever felt a call. I know a lot of you were like searching, God, what, what am I called to do? What is the destiny? What's the purpose of my life? What, what, is, what is this next thing that I'm supposed to step into? And whether that means full-time missions, maybe that means a mentor missions trip somewhere for you know, six months or something. Maybe that means going and doing local outreach. Maybe that means talking to your neighbor or the person at school, whatever that looks like. We're going to pray for the Holy Spirit's power to come because when Holy Spirit comes, it gives us boldness to be witnesses for Christ. I'm going to ask Kayla. She's coming already because she's so good at what she does. Awesome. All right. I'm just, let's close our eyes. Let's just position our hearts and uh, just focus on the presence of God right now. Lord, I thank you for your heart, Lord God, for the lost. I thank you, Jesus, that you've called us to be witnesses for you, Jesus, that you've given us an assignment. You've given us a commission and a call. Lord, I thank you that every single person in this room who knows you and has come into relationship with you is qualified. God, that they are ones who are able to go and give an answer to anyone who asks Jesus. And Father, I ask right now that what you're stirring in their hearts, Father God, would be a passion, Lord God, for the lost. Lord, would you grow our compassion? Would you grow our abilities? The enabling grace on our lives, Jesus, would you come right now, God, and strengthen us to see, Lord God, what you see. Father, that we would be living for ourselves, God, but help us to step outside of our comfort zones and focus on the kingdom of God and how we can partner with what you're building, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, I thank you for the one in this room right now who's feeling a burden and a call. And you know who you are. Lord, and I ask right now for confidence. And I ask, Holy Spirit, for your presence to move in this place. That they would take that step, God, of obedience and step into the fullness that you have planned for them that there be no fear and intimidation, but there are people who need to hear. There's people who need to experience. There's people that need to see you, Jesus. And I ask tonight, God, that you would draw. You would draw us onto yourself. I'm just going to open the altars and anybody who wants to come forward for prayer, maybe it's just agreement about, you know, the destiny and calling on your life, or maybe it is missions or it's outreach or God's like giving you a burden for a specific ministry or area or people. We're just going to ask the team to lay hands on you. And as they do that, we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come and just bring fresh fire on your heart. Holy Spirit, would you come right now? I'm going to encourage you to come. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hmm. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, we ask right now for your fire to fall on this room, on every hungry heart, God. We ask for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you just say that right now? Holy Spirit, I ask for a fresh baptism. Fresh baptism, God. Jesus, when the disciples gathered and prayed and cried out to you, you came with boldness and then you shook the room and your spirit was poured out and they were all filled. They were all filled, Jesus. So we ask for that filling right now, God.
would you fill us with your spirit? Would you fill us with your presence? God, would you fill us with your power, God, so we can be bold witnesses, God, for you, wherever you send us, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. There's someone in the room tonight who doesn't know Jesus, and this is like the first time you're hearing anything like this. I'm going to encourage you to turn to whoever brought you tonight and just say, hey, can you talk to me more about this? And I'm just going to lead you in a prayer now. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it's really simple to do because it comes by faith, right? And when we just say, God, I believe in you, Jesus, I believe in you, he comes and he makes all things new. That's what his word says. So I'm just going to get everybody in the room to repeat after me. Dear God, thank you that you love me, that you have a plan for my life. Thank you that you see me. And God, I just ask for your forgiveness today. If there's any specific sin that you know of, you can just say that to God. But God, just forgive me of my sin. I believe that Jesus died for my sin. And three days later, he rose again victorious over sin and death. Sin has no control over me. Jesus, would you come and be Lord of every area of my life? I surrender to you tonight that you would come and make all things new. I ask for the presence of the Holy Spirit to come and teach me and counsel me and lead me into truth. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Lakemount Young Adults Podcast. For more information, please visit us at lakemount.ca or follow us on Instagram at lakemountya. Have an amazing week and we hope to see you soon.